This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham on a Monday morning. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494. At some point this hour, we'll get to actually breaking down this game, uh, which, you know, it's really secondary to what's going to go on at the quarterback position, in my mind. And, um... It's not even about Jalen Hurts to me. It's about Carson. And I want to see how he responds. I'm fascinated by this because he's faced adversity, but never never like this. Never where his job has been in this kind of jeopardy, where the organization is vocally basically saying, I mean, in front of the nation on Monday Night Football, yeah, we're we're losing some faith. Um, when the reports come out that Jalen Hurts taking more reps, Jalen Hurts is expected to play more. This is kind of a challenge to Carson Wentz. And I want to talk about that in a little bit here. Cause I, it was kind of curious to me how these reports come out, you know, over a day before the game. And I, I, I kind of feel like the Eagles organization may have tried and been sending a message to Carson Wentz, um, putting this stuff out there, maybe to motivate him a little bit. Uh, let's go to Mike in South Philly. What's up, Mike? Hey, how's it going, Tom? How's it going, man? Yeah, you know, one of the things that I kind of take issue with when people talk about wins is that when, and not not specifically you, I know because I know this isn't really what you were inferring, but I do hear people go like, you know, Wentz is just in a funk and he needs to snap out of it. Now, I do believe there's no question he's having his be- he's having his worst season by far. I mean, it's not even close. Right, but. He's really only looked elite for like 10 games of his entire career. It's not like this is his ninth season and he's had seven great MVP caliber seasons and this is his first bad year as a pro. Like he's, his rookie year was solid. He was decent. His obviously, uh, you know, MVP caliber season in 2017 was great. But since then, he simply hasn't been the same. He hasn't. So I'm not sure there's anything for once to, to wake up to like, what is he going to revert back to what he was in 2019, which was mediocre up until December? Like, is that good enough now? Like, even if Carson Wentz improves his game and quote unquote snaps out of whatever funk he's in, what even is his ceiling anymore? Yeah, like, I think that, I think that's tough to, to know, Mike. Um, you know, I think people will point to his ceiling being 2017. I don't think he's going to get yeah. back to to necessarily yeah. that level. But, you know, does he have the talent to be a top 10 guy? 
maybe. I mean, he, he clearly did at one point. The thing is, you know he can be better. I mean, at least I think he can be better than what he's been this year. What his ceiling is, I'm not sure, but... um. I do think he can certainly be better than what he's been, and I'm interested to see how he kind of responds to this because I do think there's something going on with him mentally, maybe even uh, emotionally, that maybe maybe this does do something. And I'm not saying it necessarily will. I'm just interested to see if it if it does. Yeah, and I and I agree. But I, even like I don't even know if he could ever get like. When you watch him play, forget about all the mental mistakes. I don't even, I'm not even talking about that. When you watch him move, like when you watch him move in the pocket, when you watch him take off and run, it looks like he's aged 10 years in like three years. Like, it does. He doesn't, even, he doesn't move close to his fluid. Uh, you know, he doesn't have the same fluidity. He's not as athletic. I mean, it's just night and day. When you look at the way he was in 2017, the way he moved in the pocket, you know, evading pressure, you know, ducking under uh, pass rushers, taking off. When he runs now, I mean, he looks like a guy who's been a statue his whole career when he used to be known as being athletic. Like, he doesn't even have that anymore. No, he doesn't. Um, he, he doesn't, and, and that that is certainly a major problem. Now, I don't know, though, you know, if he necessarily would need that to get back to playing at a high level. Like, that was obviously at one point a big part of his game. I mean, you do see other quarterbacks uh, adapt and adjust, but I, I think more of it, and I know he hasn't looked good physically, I think more of it is mental, though. I really do. I think more of it is mental as far as, you know, people get on Doug for not moving him out of the pocket. He can move out of the pocket on his own if he wants to. I don't think he, he's physically incapable of doing that because at times we've seen it, um, even this year in, like, the Baltimore game and late in the Cincinnati game. I think it's more a, a mental thing at this point. Uh, well, I agree with that, but at the same time, you know, one of the things that made him, like, great in 2017 was, like, Carson Wentz was never a great pocket passer. So I think to maximize his talents, you need to also utilize his legs and athletic ability. It's not like he was Peyton Manning and he could just carve defenses up from the pocket. When you force him to play within the pocket, you're forcing him to essentially be great with his accuracy and timing, which was never a strong suit. So I think if he's lost that athleticism, his ceiling is forever lowered. Now, again, that doesn't mean he's always going to be as bad as this year, but what I'm getting at is even if he were to break out of whatever he's in right now, I don't think he'll ever get back to 2017 again, ever. I think that's going. Yeah, I, I would tend to to agree with that, but the bottom line is I don't think they're ready to give up on him yet. And, and even, even as far as I'm concerned, and I've been really tough on him and I've been really frustrated with him, I would find it difficult to give up on that kind of thing yet because, I mean, there is the potential that, say, he gets traded to Indianapolis with Frank Reich and they reunite and all of a sudden, you know, he does become a top 10 type guy again when you see right. what Frank Reich has done with a guy like Philip Rivers who's not athletic. Right, right. Um, but I do agree with the general premise. Like, I think this is a, a big game for him. Um, I'm not expecting much. But here's what bothers me about that report from, from Ian Rappaport. Um it sounds very half measure, like half measurey, which is what the Eagles, like everything the Eagles have done lately has been half measure. Like when's the last time, Tom, now, now I'm putting you on the spot here. So if you can't think of something on the spot, if you have to think about it for a few minutes, maybe later in the show, come up with something, that's fine. But what's the last decision that you think the Eagles made that was a home run decision? Like it doesn't even have to be personnel. It can be an organizational decision. Like when's the last time, like, man, Eagles nailed, nailed it. That was a great decision. Like they messed up Peters. 
They messed up draft picks. Hargrave, they messed up. I think they're utilizing Hurts wrong. They messed up, um, what's it called, uh, Roby Coleman. Right. Uh, well, I mean, the last... Mylotta, they put him back on the bench. Like, they seem to do everything wrong, and it's because, like, they never want to go all in on one thing. And this goes back to a lot of the reports about there being, you know, organizational, you know, uh, you know uh, tugs of war going on in the organization. I'd say the last decision that... You know, I mean, the Wentz thing looked like a home run. Obviously, it ended up, you know, maybe not being a home run. But the last big decision, I mean, I think was firing Chip and changing that direction of the yeah. organization. It's been, it's been right. like almost five years. Right. Like, they've made so many poor decisions lately. And I think, like, what is this? All right, so they want to ramp up Jalen Hurts, is, uh, you know, his usage. Well, then just start him. Like, what is this? What are you, you going to play him for a series and then pull him out of the game? Like, what are they doing? Either play him all game or play him none. You can't put him in for a series and then take him out and put Wentz in. Like, that's essentially playing two quarterbacks. Like, this is absurd. What are they doing? No. Like, and who's pulling the strings here? Is this Howie's idea? No. Like, Mike, I, and I think, you know, I was going to get to this, but I think there could be, a, you know, extra motivations here because I thought it was interesting how that kind of leaked out. Um, I do think they're going to play Hurts more. Um, I do. And I would agree that if you're going to play him, you might as well just play him. I think this might be some sort of last-ditch attempt to get something out of Carson Wentz. With like some emotion. Yeah, I do. I really do believe there is an aspect of that here because I think the, I think they see the same things that we are seeing as far as the body language, the lack of emotion, the lack of confidence, and and I really do believe that that was calculated to try to jolt something free in him. Whether it works or not, who knows. But I think they are trying anything they can to kind of get him back to some sort of competent level. And, and, there's, and that, that's, a, that's a very good point. I, I think another theory is, now I'm just kind of projecting here, but you know how like insiders work, right? You know, information gets passed down and it goes through channels. Right. Maybe there's a thing where, you know, somebody told Ian Rappaport, hey, heads up, man, uh, Jalen Hurts is getting a lot more uh, reps with the first uh, stringers this week. And he interpreted it as they're going to use him more. But maybe that's an indication that this is the week where if Carson Wentz sucks, they're going to put Jalen Hurts and he's going to be the starter. Oh, I think, well, Without a doubt, um, well, I don't think Hertz is going to start. I'll say that. No, I, he I, won't start. But right. like, if Carson Wentz bombs the first quarter and they're down fourteen nothing, I could absolutely see Hertz starting the rest of the game. Oh yeah, I agree. I I think uh, either way, Mike, I I do think you know we will see more Hertz, and if Wentz doesn't play well, I think it will be just Hertz. And you know what I hope? Like, this is going to sound weird, but I hope, obviously, he's either amazing or he's terrible, right? Because if he's amazing, obviously, I mean, that goes without saying. I mean, you could have a next great quarterback. I hope he comes out and lights up the place. But the worst thing for Jalen Hurts to be is like a mixed bag, like good one play, bad the next. Good one game, because what it does is two things. It's twofold. For one, when the season ends, I want to have an idea one way or the other. Obviously, we'll never know for sure, but I just want to have an indication of what Jalen Hurts is when the season's over, whether it's good or whether it's awful. This way, when they go into the draft, or if they're in the position to draft a quarterback, at least they will have a better idea. So if he's a mixed bag, then they'll be like, eh, well, we don't really know what to make of Hurts. But for another reason is, if he's great, then great. We have a great quarterback. But if he's kind of like toes that line where he's mediocre, he's going to win win you just enough games to bump you out of that top 10 draft slot you know yeah i'm sorry about over obsessing about that but tom they're number seven now no i get it i get it mike but jamar chase at the end of the season i get it but 
there are so many bad teams. I don't think the Eagles are going to be drafted all that high anyway. Like they're going to end up. I think they're going to lose out. You do. I really don't. I don't. I I think they will at least beat like Dallas. Well, that's the only one I think they have a shot. I mean, I think they could also beat Washington. I mean, we'll see what what ends up happening. Um, but. I I I think you know with how many bad teams there are this year, I don't think there's any chance they're drafting the top five. Well, speaking of that, man, like, is it just me or because I know you like to watch Red Zone when the Eagles don't play? Right. It seems like it's almost like there's like ten teams in the league that are trying to lose. The amount oh, yeah. of critical, awful mistakes being made by like ten different teams. It's wh- it's the why Chargers Adam G- it's was a bit. I mean, what the hell was with that? That was that was unbelievable. Mike, are they trying uh, to lose? I mean, or are they just that incompetent? I mean, as somebody who had the Bills minus four and a half, I'm not all that upset with what happened, but it was terrible. Um, and uh, you the know, Bengals fumble the ball. It's the reason why Adam Gase still has a job, Mike. It's the only reason why Adam Gase still has a job is because they are worried if they fire him, they may actually win a football game. Yeah, and, and by the way, I actually agree with that decision. I don't right, get the people I do like, too. yeah, they need to fire. What you're going to fire Adam Gase now when you kept them from like seventy percent of the season? Right. Like, what the hell does that? What point does that make? No, I'm with you, my guy. Yeah, appreciate take care, it. Man. Yeah, no, I I agree, and that's why I'm I'm getting more and more bothered by Dan Orlovsky. Um, you know, I I we know Orlovsky goes over the top with his defensive Carson, but Orlovsky went on a rant after the, the Jets game of this is how can you keep Adam Gase? Why do you not get rid of him right? You gotta get rid of him right now and and get a new coach in there who's gonna start winning for this organization. It's like uh, do you not understand what's going on, Dan? Like, do you not understand what the Jets motivations are right now? Trevor Lawrence is like the most polished quarterback prospect I have seen Maybe ever. Like, Patrick Mahomes is great. Nobody saw this in Patrick Mahomes coming out of college, except maybe Andy. Uh, But aside from that, nobody saw this. The only other quarterback prospect I can remember being like this much of a can't miss coming out of college is probably Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was similarly touted as can't miss. This guy's going to be a stud. Trevor Lawrence. I was watching that Clemson game on Saturday, and... The guy hadn't played in a month, and he came out and he just diced up Pittsburgh like it was it was insane. Um, you know he's a once in like a generational type quarterback. Those guys don't come out very often, and yeah, that's why the Jets aren't firing Adam Gase. The only reason the Jets aren't firing Adam Gase, and it's the right move. You shouldn't fire Adam Gase because if you fire Adam Gase and you promote Greg Williams, the interim coach, Greg Williams is that kind of guy who's who's not a good coach, but he's the kind of fiery interim coach that might win you two games and take you out of the Trevor Lawrence thing. There's a reason why Adam Gase still has a job, and it's not to win football games. 215-592-9494. If you want to get in, we had a couple calls on hold. A couple guys dropped off. Um, if you want to uh, chime back in, it'll be first right after the break. Uh, or if anybody else wants to call in, 215-592-9494. When we get back, I want to build off something we were talking about with Mike. Because I found it curious the way these reports came out Sunday morning. And I think there could have been some ulterior motives from the Eagles organization Maybe sending a message to Carson Wentz. Uh, so we'll get to that a little more when we get back. I will also give you my keys to this game 
end my prediction as to what will happen on Monday night. That's coming up next. I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham. Find me on Twitter, at TommyKelly44. Um, obviously talking a lot about the Eagles tonight, quarterback situation, what's going to happen, um, and how Carson Wentz is going to respond to this, which I find to be by far the most fascinating storyline uh, to come out of all of this. Uh, and we'll talk about the game. Uh, I'll give you my prediction this segment and stuff like that. Um, and we'll talk Eagles probably the rest of the hour here. But please stay tuned for the 4 o'clock segment. Um, because... I I I understand it's an Eagles football Monday and um, it's game day and all that kind of stuff and we'll do a lot of Eagles talk but this Philly story is just unbelievable and I, I was on last night I talked about it a little bit with John Middleton and the layoffs and you know I mean I again I'm not trying to brag here but I have been telling people about John Middleton before anybody else was telling you John Middleton was fraud. I, you know, I, this is one that I feel like I got right for all the things I get wrong and I get plenty wrong. Um, this is one I got right. And I'm glad everybody's finally starting to see the snake oil salesman fraud. Um, you know, a guy that just wants to take your money that John Middleton is, but you know, what, what, what happened with the Phillies this past week with these layoffs um, and the numbers, as uh, Marcus Hayes put them into context in his piece on the Inquirer.com, it's, it's a tremendous piece. I'd encourage everybody uh, to go read it. Um, but it's, it, it, is, it will make you sick to your stomach. It really will. Um, the fact that John Middleton elected to do this on the week of Thanksgiving, get rid of 80 employees. They try to spin it as, you know, they, they gave these some of these people buyouts. I mean, okay, they're forced buyouts, so whatever. Um, but uh, the amount of money saved here, uh, the percentages that Marcus Hayes uh, gives, gives you to tell you just how much the Phillies really saved here and comparatively to like a normal person making a normal living wage it will it will literally make you sick to your stomach and john middleton i can't i can't think of somebody and i think mike in south philly brought this up last night who's had a worse run and has done more damage to their reputation than this guy has over the last what 18 months um he has gone from an owner who people liked, an owner that people believed in, an owner that people truly thought was one of us, wanted to win, cared about the team, cared about the fans, cared about you know championships, to a person who has been exposed as 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 badly as anybody can be exposed as a fraud as a liar as a just cold hearted uh, you know a person who doesn't care about winning doesn't care about putting a, a competitive product on the field 
All he cares about is taking your money and putting it in his pocket. That's all he wants to do. And it's become increasingly clear that that's all that dog and pony show that was the 2019 offseason. They go out, they sign Bryce Harper, they sign McCutcheon, trade for Real Muto, all that stuff. That wasn't done to win baseball games. That wasn't done to win championship. It was done to get people back in the ballpark. People would stop going. Wanted to get people back in the park. Um, I guess he accomplishes goal in the short term. But his reputation is tarnished forever. Everybody knows what he is now. And you compare that to the complete 180 that Josh Harris has done over the past few months. It is astonishing. And um, we'll get more into the Philly stuff in the 4 o'clock hour because... Uh, it's 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 disgraceful. And this organization, every time you feel like they are at a point that is just the the lowest they can get, they go lower. Um, and they really are one of the worst organizations in all sports. And I hate to say that because I love the Phillies. Um, twenty seven two thousand seven through two thousand eleven, probably my favorite like era of any sports team. I've ever watched in this town. Um, but they have been... John Middleton, one thing he's right about is they have been a bad organization for 100 years. Um, and he's a big part of why that is right now. So we'll get to that more in the 4 o'clock uh, hour. But it it is truly disgraceful uh, what that organization did this week. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. If you want to get in. Um, I'll give you my prediction for the game in a second, but real quick, we, we were talking last segment um, about Carson Wentz. We've been talking about Carson Wentz all night. Now, I am fascinated to see how he's going to play Monday night. I'm fascinated to see how he responds to this sort of adversity. Adversity he's never faced before. He's faced adversity as far as being injured and watching his backup have success. Uh, two years in a row. 2017, Nick Foles comes in, wins the Super Bowl. 2018, Nick Foles comes in, leads his team on a deep playoff run. Falshawn Jeffrey catches that ball. Who knows where that season ends? Um, You know, the Eagles could have won that game, and they would have had to stop Drew Brees on the subsequent possession. I'm not sure that would have happened. But the Eagles win that game. They go to L.A. They play the Rams. I think they could have beat the Rams. And then, you know, if they did end up back in the Super Bowl against Patriots, who knows what would have happened uh, in a rematch. Um, But, you know, Carson has faced adversity in that regard. He's never faced adversity in being, you know, taken out or had in his role decreased because of a lack of effectiveness and because of a poor performance. And that is a much different type of adversity where... You know, you look at it and you you can tangibly feel that the organization, the owner, general manager, front office, head coach, coaching staff, that they are losing faith in you. And I found it interesting the way that the news came out on Sunday morning. Um, it was right about like 7 a.m. where Tim McManus reports that Jalen Hurts has been getting 
plenty of first-team reps this week. Ian Rappaport follows that up by saying Jalen Hurts is expected to have an increased role on Sunday night. Now, this comes on the heels of Doug Peterson being non-committal on Wednesday, and that's really when you knew that Jalen Hurts was going was gonna to be playing. Because if Jalen Hurts was not going to be playing more, why would Doug have answered the question that way? Why would he have not just said, yeah, Carson's our guy and things are going to be staying that way? Eventually he got to that point, but when he didn't answer um, in, in in a convincing fashion, it was clear to pretty much everybody uh, that Jalen Hurts was probably going to play more. But the Eagles obviously, for whatever reason, wanted this out there on Sunday morning. This stuff just doesn't come out of nowhere. Now, you know, it's either there's major dysfunction and somebody leaked this without any kind of approval. And if that's the case, you got to find out who did that and, um, you know, uh, deal with it because it does hamper you from some sort of competitive advantage where Seattle now knows to expect some Jalen Hurts. And I'm sure they prepared a little bit for it, but um, I'm not sure to the extent they did. But I don't think that's the case. You know, and this is maybe a bit of a conspiracy theory. This isn't like um, based on facts that I have or reporting that I'm doing. But I think there is, you know, a legitimate chance that the Eagles wanted to get this out there. And I don't necessarily agree with the way they are handling it, if that's the case. You know, if you want to make a change, you make a change. I don't think you just kind of work a quarterback in and play two quarterbacks. I think you play you play the quarterback that you feel gives you the best chance to win the football game. Whether that's Carson Wentz, whether that's Jalen Hurts. You play that quarterback, that's your guy, and you go with that guy. You know, you want to sprinkle Hurts in a little bit, I guess you can maybe do that. Even though I, it, it seems to at times disrupt the rhythm of the offense, even though this offense hasn't had much of a rhythm this year. But I really think there is a possibility they leaked this uh, to motivate Carson Wentz. I do. Because, you know, and it comes to a lot of the things we talked about this morning and that we've talked about the last few weeks here with Carson Wentz, where, you know, he's obviously not playing well. Whether that is physically, physically plays into it, but there is a mental aspect of it as well. And it's clear that he is a guy playing with very little confidence and very little emotion. And, and as I said earlier, it's what's bothered me the most about Carson this year beyond just his play, but his body language, his leadership his his comments after games his lack of emotion his lack of irritation like it's okay to be angry when you're not playing well it's okay to be angry when your offense isn't performing and you know with the nation watching on monday night i think they the eagles being they as an organization view it like i do they want to see how Carson Wentz responds to this kind of pressure. I truly believe that. Uh, because when this is still your guy, uh, you know, as much as we talked about Jalen Hurts and we talk about Jalen Hurts, this is much 
less about Jalen Hurts and much more about Carson Wentz. Because Carson Wentz, whether you like it or not, he is the franchise quarterback. And he will continue to be that at least throughout the rest of this season and next season because he's under contract and it's a contract he can't get out of. And the Eagles' primary job right now should be finding a way to fix Carson Wentz. Is that is that possible? I don't know. I have much less faith in that now than I did even six weeks ago. But it's clear that I think the organization feels like they need to take a different approach here. Because they have tried the gentle approach. They've tried the putting on the kid gloves and coddling Carson and sticking up for Carson and constantly brushing blame elsewhere. They have tried that. And that clearly has not worked. So I think this was calculated. I think these leaks on Sunday morning were calculated by this organization to try a different approach and think, well, maybe if we put some pressure on him, maybe if we put you know, some heat on him. Monday night, nation watching, your job's on the line. Let's see how he responds. And we're going to find out a lot about him. We are. Because if he's a franchise quarterback, he'll come out and he'll say, bleep this, this is my job, this is my team, I'm going to play well, and I'm going to take my job back, I'm going to take my team back. That's what I want to see him do. That's what he should do. Because honestly, I said it earlier. That's what Donovan McNabb did in 2008. Donovan McNabb got benched. Kevin Cobb played poorly. And Donovan McNabb said, forget this. I'm coming out next week. I'm taking my team back. I'm taking my job back. Through four touchdowns, Eagles put up 48 points, and they went on a run to the NFC Championship game. If Carson Wentz is a franchise quarterback, that's what he'll do. I'm not saying go to the NFC Championship game, but he will rise to the occasion, he will play well Monday night, and he'll play well the rest of the year. And I think the organization really felt they needed to try a different approach because the approach they were using was not working. The approach that they were going with as far as, you know, being gentle with Carson and taking it easy on him and trying to, the positive reinforcement, maybe that doesn't work for him. Because, you know, we talk so much about 2017 and Reich and Filippo. Apparently, Frank Reich and, Dee, and John Filippo were tough on him. Apparently, they were, you know, uh, kind of the bad cops while Doug was the good cop that year. And I think in this organization, there has gotten to be way too much of a comfortable uh, approach with Carson Wentz and he feels too comfortable, maybe they feel like he needs to feel uncomfortable, he needs to feel some heat, he needs to feel some pressure, and hopefully that'll bring the best out of him uh, because they're desperate to do that and get the most out of this quarterback. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Uh, let's go to Linda. What's up, Linda? Hello, dear. How are you, Linda? Um, I'm hanging. It's been okay. a bad week, but I'm hanging. Um, the thing is, you know what he reminds me of, darling? He reminds me of a catcher, and you've seen a couple of these guys, that can't throw to a certain base anymore. It's hysterical. 
I don't uh, I don't know how many. Uh, Mackie Sasser was one of them. There was a, uh, yet quite Al, a few. Yet Altuve this year in the playoffs, Linda. Altuve yeah, couldn't, uh, throw to, uh, couldn't throw to couldn't throw to to first or second base this year. That's right. You're right. Um, but uh, see, he has no touch on his ball. So I mean, look, I'm about to blame everybody because I think that Doug is very inept. He don't have a clue, and that's why every other word he says. Listen. Did you notice that? He says that when he gets real ticked off. Listen, uh, when he can't explain it right. Yeah. (laughs) I I get a kick out of that. Now, I think I'm about to disagree with you. Okay. For the first time. I am not giving Andy Reid an appreciation day. Come on, I cannot stand Andy Reid. That's like giving uh, Tito Francona... An appreciation day oh, Linda, for Linda. going somewhere else and winning the World Series. Please, Andy Reid is is an old grumpus. Linda, I can't stand him. Terry Francona didn't have a a fiftieth of the success that Andy Reid had in Philadelphia. Come on. What did Andy Reid do here? What did, did he, he win do a here? Super Bowl? No, he didn't win a Super Bowl. We okay, know. that's all I want to know, darling. So 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 unless anybody wins a Super Bowl, you know, there's no reason to to care about them. Well, he was here long enough, hon. Were you a Buddy Ryan fan, Linda? No, I didn't like okay. him at all. All right, all right. Well, there you go. I'll see you later, Dawn. All right, all right, all right. See you later, Linda. I, I mean, I mean, we know Andy didn't win a Super Bowl, but I mean, he's a he's a great coach, and it. I mean, I get it. It's a rough time for the Andy haters. The Andy haters. I, I've had a rough. Uh, 12 months here um, because he finally won a Super Bowl, so you can't say that anymore. Um, he's probably going to win another several Super Bowls, um, and he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. He's a great coach. I'm not saying the Eagles shouldn't have fired him. It was time to fire him. not litigating that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Andy Reid is, is, is a great coach. Um, and he's probably the best coach in the NFL right now, and he's uh, got the best quarterback in the NFL, and he's the only one who saw it. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been a rough a rough time for the Andy haters. So my condolences um, to the uh, the people who don't like Andy Reid because you're going to be watching him win for a long, 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 long time, and he'll shove it in your face every time, and uh, I love to see it because I, I like Andy Reid a lot. Uh, 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Uh, Mike will be first right after the break. When I get back, um, I will also give you my keys to this game and my prediction for what I think will happen on Monday night. That's coming up next. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. In a couple minutes, I will give you my uh, prediction for this Eagles game and also uh, talk about something that uh, is going to bother every Eagles fan on Monday night, and I think everybody kind of knows what that is. Um the player on the Seahawks who it is going to be very painful to watch play, uh, who could have been an Eagle, but is not. And uh, the Eagles drafting record at a certain position, which it just is more infuriating every 
day you watch and you look at Sunday and um, another wide receiver uh, goes off who the Eagles could have had. So uh, we'll get to that in a minute. First, let's talk to Mike in the Northeast. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's going on, Tom? How are you? Good. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm all right. Uh, first and foremost, I just want to extend like a little prayer to the city. To you guys, 94 WIP. You know, every everything's crazy right now. It's been a wild Thanksgiving week. So, appreciate you know, it. I'm an optimist. Uh, and, you know, Carson, he's done a lot of great things for the city with his foundation and whatnot. I went to a charity softball game. You know, stuff like that. It's really nice and. You know, I want to see Carson succeed. This is the biggest game of his career, and it seems like we're saying that every week. But like you said earlier, the Monday night, everyone's watching. He, maybe he needs that pressure. And, you know, I want him to succeed. I'm an optimist. And people who don't want that, uh, I don't even know what to say. Like, you want to see him fail. No, I'm not happy with Doug and the way he calls plays. No, I'm not happy with how Carson's been playing. And no, I'm not happy with what Howie Roseman has done. But I still want to see Carson succeed. We all believed in this guy. We've seen what he can do. Well, this is the and thing, Mike. I don't think I don't think anybody wants to see Carson fail. I, I don't I don't think anybody wants to see that. Yeah, I would hope not. You know that. You know how us Eagles fans can be. We're very hard. But uh, the Seahawks defense, you know, they can't stop a nosebleed. Uh, they are in shootouts every game, basically, and. It's a great opportunity. Honestly, I'm hoping Miles Sanders is getting the carries. They got Peters moving to guard. You know, maybe that side of the line can move the ball running-wise. But, you know, I saw that Sanders hasn't even hit 20 carries in a game in his career. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I got you, Mike. And I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the call. Um, You know, I know we always want to run the ball more. Tonight's not the night for that. It's not. Uh, The Seahawks have the worst passing defense in the NFL. Um, you 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 got to throw the ball, and you're going to have to score points in this game. Uh, let's face it, uh, Seattle is going to score. Um, I'd be shocked if they score any less than 24. I mean, if the Eagles hold Russell Wilson and the Seahawks to 24 points, I will say the defense has done their job. Uh, this Seattle offense is that talented where you hold them to 24. I think you've done a good enough job. Um, the Eagles are going to need to score points. And this is a Seattle defense that is really bad against the pass. And as I get to my keys here for this game, um, that's one of my main keys is the Eagles got to find a way to score a, a ton of points in this game. I think 20, 27 minimum. Um, but this is not the night for, you know, uh, yelling for Doug to run the ball 40 times. It's just not. Um, you do whatever you got to do to win, and if the game dictates that, so be it. But this is the worst pass defense in the NFL. Uh, they've been bad this year. Um, and, you know, the Eagles need to find a way to exploit that, and it's just a night where you're going to need to score points. Uh, because Russell Wilson, that Seattle offense, they are going to score. Uh, as I said, you hold them the 24, I feel like you've done your job. But um, I don't know if it's trick plays. I don't know what you know Doug needs to do to dial up whether it is more Jalen Hurts. I mean, I I actually think, you know, you you start Carson Wentz, you see how Carson Wentz is playing. If Carson Wentz is playing well, I would leave him in the game and I wouldn't go to Jalen Hurts much at all. If Carson Wentz responds to the challenge like we hope he does, um 
he probably gives you the best chance as far as throwing the football. Now, if Carson Wentz is struggling, you you go away from him. And I think the Eagles will. And I think the leash for Carson Wentz tonight will be pretty short. But the Eagles got to find a way to score a ton of points. There's no doubt about that. Um, the other key to the game defensively, if you're going to have any chance, you have to contain Russell Wilson. And the way you rush Russell Wilson is you need to... You you need to rush him differently than you rush most quarterbacks. Where, you know, you can't just assume once you get to him, you're going to get him down. Because he is as good at avoiding sacks as any quarterback in the league. He's as good as any quarterback in the league at not taking hits. Um, and it's incredibly important in a game like this for you to not just get pressure, but get pressure up the middle. Because if you get pressure on the outside and you're not getting a push in the middle... He's just going to step up. He's going to step through that little gap between the tackle and the guard. He's going to roll out, and he's going to find an open receiver. So you got to get pressure up the middle. And this is where it'll be nice if Javon Hargrave would show up. I mean, we're still waiting. It's been 10 games, and we're still waiting for Javon Hargrave to make an appearance. It'll be nice if he did something of consequence. But him... Malik Jackson, Fletcher Cox, they need to step up. The Eagles need to get pressure up the middle on Russell Wilson. Um, And, you know, you also got to be careful when you're playing man coverage, which the Eagles do a lot because you get your back turned, he's going to take off and he's going to run for 20 yards. Um, So that's obviously a key. And third key is one that, you know, I think we take for granted sometimes. We don't talk about a lot, but... It's an aspect of the Eagles team where they've been just terrible this year. And it's not, you know, a normal characteristic for them is special teams. The Eagles special teams this year have been terrible. Whether it's players fielding punts they shouldn't field, not fielding punts they should, penalties on seemingly every special teams play, um, missed field goals. Their special teams have been a disaster this year. And if the Eagles want any chance to beat a team like Seattle, who's clearly better than them across the board, you need to make plays on special teams. You need to pin them back deep. You need a couple big returns. You need to find a way to win the field position battle. Um, so those are the keys of the game. I don't see the Eagles winning this game. I I, I just can't pick them. Um, I think Seattle wins at probably 27-17. Uh, I, I just don't see a way the Eagles can score enough points to stay with this team. Um, and, you know, I I feel the way most of our callers have felt. Where, uh, you know, we're talking about this game, and I think the biggest storyline is not how Jalen Hurts plays when he's given the opportunity, but it's how Carson Wentz responds to this adverse situation. And based on how he's played this year, I don't see him responding. In a positive way. I don't. Um, and he's got to prove it. He's got to prove it to me. He's got to prove it to every Eagles fan out there. He's got to prove it to their own team. Because the Eagles obviously. Are, are as concerned as everybody else is. When these reports are coming out. That they're going to have a quick hook. You know Jalen Hurts is going to play more. Jalen Hurts is gotten first team reps. They are uncertain about Carson as well. And this is a night where he can go one of two ways. He can go in the tank, and he can quit. Or he can go out, and he can say, I'm tired of all this talk. I'm tired of all these people doubting me. I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to take my team back. 
And that's what I think everybody would like to see from Carson Wentz on Monday night. And it's a pivotal point in his career. This, The way this season finishes, whether the Eagles make the playoffs or not, whether they win a lot of these games or not, it's going to... What, what really matters is how Carson Wentz plays. And if he can... If he can play at a level, um, you know, that will inspire confidence uh, moving forward, then maybe this season isn't completely lost. Maybe you can still get something out of it. But this is a pivotal point where his own organization is doubting him. And he needs to step to the plate and, and, and prove them wrong, to be honest. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494 is how you get in. Um, and one thing that is going to be very frustrating watching this game on uh, Monday night is uh, DK Metcalf. And, you know, we have talked so much about DK Metcalf over the last couple years and the fact that the Eagles could have had him and took J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. And, you know, this is where I really am losing patience with the front office and with Howie Rosen. And this has been an organizational issue for years. I don't understand why the Eagles, you know, can't evaluate this position. Um, but DK Metcalf, uh, you know, is one of the best receivers in the league. They could have had him. They could have had Terry McLaurin. They take uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. They have not taken really a quality wide receiver since Jeremy Macklin way back in 2009. Two best receivers they've drafted since since that year, since they took Macklin, are Nelson Aguilar and Jordan Matthews. Just think about that. They're the two best they have drafted. Um, and, you know, Jalen Rager, uh, too, early, too early to know, but that's another thing. You're looking around on Sunday and watching all these games, and who's going off again? Who is, who is having another huge game? On Sunday afternoon. It's Justin Jefferson. The guy who the Eagles passed on. To take Jalen Rager. And you know as we're all watching this game on Monday night. Obviously we'll be focused on the. On the. Uh, on the uh, quarterback situation. But I know it'll frustrate everybody. To see DK Metcalf out there. And you know probably. Uh, torching the Eagles secondary. Because he's probably the best receiver in the NFL right now. It's probably either him or DeAndre Hopkins. And uh, it's always painful uh, to see players you could have had like that uh, out on the field. And um, I'll tell you what, if the Eagles lose and it's ugly and Carson plays bad and DK Metcalf um, torches the Eagles again, uh, I can guarantee a lot of people are going to be calling for Howie Roseman's job on on Tuesday. And um, I don't think they'd be out of line. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. Nine four nine four. If you want to get in, uh, when we get back, uh, I see Dave and Cherry Hill is there. We'll talk to Dave, and also um, I got to get to this Philly story more in depth. We touched on it earlier, but Marcus Hayes wrote a scathing piece uh, in regards to the Phillies' lay- layoffs this week, and um, it-, it will make your skin crawl uh, to see the type of money the Phillies felt was worth firing 
uh, a number of people within their organization this week on Thanksgiving week, by the way. So we'll get to that uh, next as well. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 